Hello again, and welcome to Generally Speaking About the Church. This is episode number eight, and my name is Cliff Ravenscraft, coming to you with yet another almost daily devotional. Now, last time we talked about uh, who are your friends, and we talked about a statistic that Donald Miller had shared that within six months of becoming a Christian, almost everybody who becomes a Christian loses all influence amongst people who are unbelievers. Now, I've already talked in that episode about why I believe this is a terrifying trend in the Christian church and how it seems to go right against the example that Jesus had set for his own disciples by investing in relationships with non-believers of their day. How can we reverse this trend? That's the big question. I mean, what must change for Christians to be effective influences among unbelievers? You know, what, what does it take? Well, Donald Miller, in his book, Blue Like Jazz, which I encourage everyone to read, including myself, since I have not read it yet, but yet I'm encouraging you to read it. I know a lot of people who have read it, but most of the information, at least the the main thrust of the book, was shared in a conference in a speaking engagement by Donald Miller last year in October. And in this engagement, he talked about 13 paradigm shifts that radically changed the view, uh, the way he viewed the church and its ministry to the unbelieving world. And so, therefore, that's why Blue Like Jazz is on my uh, very high priority on my wish list for books. Anyway, in this short clip that I'm about to uh, play for you, Donald Miller introduces the first of these paradigm shifts in this conference that I attended. And I'm just going to go ahead and play that for you right now, and then I'll discuss a little bit afterwards. Here's, here's the first one, and this one is going to sound very silly, but it was one of the most impactful paradigm shifts I've ever experienced, and I have to come back to it all the time. It was very simple. The paradigm shift was other people exist. That's it. Other people exist. Okay, now, before we go any further in this clip, I, this sounds so simple. But it's not. It, it really isn't. In fact, did you catch what he said? And if you didn't, you need to reverse back and hear him say it again. Because you might get so caught up in the simplicity of what he said, other people exist, that you'll forget that he says, I have to come back to this time and time again. I have to come to this over and over again. And I will tell you that this one paradigm shift in the way that I think, in the way that Christians should think, uh, has been revolutionary. And... And I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and let him finish saying his statement here. Now, this is, he actually had explained a little bit about what it means that other people exist, but I think it sums it up with this little funny uh, piece of humor that he was using in his uh, speech. So I'll go ahead and do that, and then we'll talk. I mean, I, I really don't. I don't view other people as human beings who are having a story. My life is about me, right? My life is a movie And the movie is about me. I can prove it. If I leave the room, I go with me. (laughs) I have two cameras and some microphones, and and I have been in every scene from the very beginning. (laughs) You have always thought life was a movie about you. It isn't. You are character actors in a movie about me. 
Okay, now obviously you heard everybody laughing, and when I was there, of course, I was laughing as well. And it is quite humorous to, to think of it that way, but the, the what's not funny is the fact that it is so true for many of us. I mean, really, have you ever caught yourself thinking that life is all about you? I, I know I have. I mean, it, it happens to me all the time, and that's why I have to keep coming back to this fact that other people exist. I mean, how often, really, honestly, we that are Christians, how often do we take the time to sit there and think that other people are human beings who are experiencing their own story, you know, that they have a story of their own, they, that they have feelings of their own, that they have uh, mothers who have died of cancer. Uh, how often do we think of um, uh, the individual that sits at work and, and, you know, that we don't realize that perhaps that, you know, they're a single mom because their husband committed suicide. Uh, I mean, how many times do we sit there and think that perhaps somebody's a little grumpy today because things are just going wrong in every area of their lives? No, we, we oftentimes don't think about those things. In fact, we just get upset because of their attitude or the way they say things to us or the way they look at us. And, and we very often only think about how their actions, their words, their their body language affects us in our story. Um, Donald Miller told a funny story about uh, going to the 7-Eleven and buying a Slurpee. And, you know, he's sitting there in line in a Slurpee and, and there's a guy in front of him and, and the uh, the dude behind the cash register has to break open a thing of nickels and it's those plastic wrappers and it's taking him a long time and, and he's sitting there thinking to himself, D- couldn't you have busted those open like earlier I mean you had to have known you were getting low it's not like you're busy all the time and now you're sitting here trying to break open these nickels and and I mean I got places to be and he's like whoa wait a second where is this coming from I mean this guy is a human being uh you know sure he he may not be like me I may not know his name I may have never seen him before but why am I so upset with this guy I mean I'm sitting in line to buy a slurpee for goodness sake and he goes on to tell, you know, I mean, it's not like you're in a big, huge hurry. You know, there, there's never been a time where it's been urgent that you get somewhere really fast when you're standing in line and buying a Slurpee. It's like, come on, my wife's having a baby. I think I'm sitting here with my Slurpee in my hand. Uh, that's just not going to happen. So anyway, uh, yes, sometimes we often forget that other people exist. In fact, you can hear other people existing in the background here as my 16-month-old daughter is beating on our studio door here, trying to get in. Anyway, moving right along, we, we, we sometimes get caught up in our own life and thinking the world revolves around us, that we neglect this concept that other people exist and that they have a life and they have a story of their own and, they, and that they have similar emotions and experiences to us. Now, I will tell you that we Christians are, are sometimes pretty good at investing ourselves into the lives of others and getting to know other people who are like us. And that's what we talked about as far as who our friends are. You know, we get we go to church, uh, we, we go to church functions, we go to other things with Christians, we get involved in Bible study groups, we get in, I mean, we're really hanging out with other Christians because, of course, these people think the way that we do, they have the same worldview, they have somewhat, most of them have the same political views, 
uh, it, it's just a world of bliss when all these Christians come together. Well, that's just not true anyway, because if, if that's the case, these people really are not investing in each other's lives nearly enough, because I will tell you, when it comes down to it, um, there, there is some conflict that can come between Christians as well as they get to know each other. But the thing is, is at least in the Christian circle, Christians are getting to know other Christians and they hear about the pains and the sufferings and the struggles of other believers. But how often, really, how often do we step outside of the stained glass window view of life and, and see the world around us and see those people for who they really are? And to see them without them being the next target or the next goal for church growth. I mean, it, this is it, it's just gotten out of control. And and sometimes people, other people don't exist for uh, their own story and for their own life and for their own benefit in our eyes. But the other people exist as targets for us or as, as prizes for us. I mean, it's like, how many people have you won to Christ? How many people have you led? It's like... Rather than investing and just sharing your life with them and getting to know them without any kind of agenda or prearranged plan on how you're going to fix them, that doesn't happen very often in the Christian church. Well, here's, here's a scripture that I want to share with us, and this is something that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, and this can be found in Philippians chapter 2, and it's verses 3 and 4. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church, saying to them, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. This would include evangelism, by the way. Uh, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Now, I will tell you that this means the co-worker who does nothing but cusses all day long. This means the man that you know that is cheating on his wife. Uh, this is the... This is the uh, this is the brother-in-law that has lied to you over and over again. This is the uncle who has shared some very difficult information that is hard for everybody to process. The, anybody. This is, when it says, consider others better than yourself, this is, this is other people. Remember this whole thing about other people exist? Well, not only are we to understand that those people exist, but in humility, we're we are to consider them better than ourselves. Better, more, more important than our own lives. We're supposed to say, hey, this isn't all about me. This is about God. And, and I'm just one person in the story. And these other people have their story. And in fact, I am to I'm, I'm actually supposed to see myself as an understudy or or as a fill-in you know i i, I want to be the backup guy you know we're the we're the we're the low man on the totem pole when it comes to the importance of where we're going to be listed in the credits and that we're consider we are to consider these other people better than ourselves and he didn't stop there he says do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but in humility consider others better than yourselves each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let me let me expound on that for just a moment. You know, this was a major problem for me, and this is why this came as such an eye-opening experience for me when I understood that other people exist. I have very few interests, and if you've listened to the Weekly Lost podcast and you listen to My Crazy Life, 
and you listen to this podcast, the three podcasts that I do, you'll know already what my interests are because I, I, I don't have anything very much outside of this. My interests are, well, let's see, I like Lost. I like to watch the TV show Lost. I, I absolutely love to podcast. Uh, I love the cell church movement and being involved in a ministry that is relational and changes people's lives through relationships. And I enjoy poker. And outside of that, and technology in general, I like gadgets. And outside of that, there's very little that I really enjoy uh, other than, of course, the obvious spending time with my family. So those are my interests. Now, how many guys out there do you know that share those interests? Now, the majority of guys, when they cluster around in a circle of uh, three or four people, they're typically talking about their favorite baseball star or team and football, you know, playoffs and who's in the Super Bowl and hockey and and some of them talk about business and leadership, uh, team stuff, or just leadership things. And those things don't interest me whatsoever. And so oftentimes I found myself distancing myself from people who don't like to who like to talk about those things but are not interested in the things that I talk about because every now and then I'll get in and and I'll just wait for my cue and then something will come up and it'll give me the opportunity to talk about my interest and I'll go on and on and on and on as far as I can but when they're talking I find myself disinterested and not listening to very much of what they're saying now I share that with you as a confession because that is absolutely horrible because this goes right against what God is telling us through the Apostle Paul in this letter to the uh, Philippian church. He says, each of you should not only look, at, look to your own interests of cell churches and cell groups and podcasts and lost and, and technology and stuff like that, but you should also look into the interests of others. D- do you see how, I mean, it, it, it really is, it's that practical. We really should be investing ourselves and saying, you know, I don't know very much about the Red Sox. Um, you know, Jeff Miller, you know, who is a friend of mine, I think he's a Boston Red Sox. I think that's the name of the team. And and so the other day I engaged in a conversation with him and I tried to find out as much as I can. And, and I even tried to help him find a Red Sox podcast. So I eventually, in, in the end, I end up turning it to my own interest anyway. So... But do you see how much of a struggle it is and how we have to keep coming back to this? You are more important to me. The the guy at the grocery checkout, he's more important than me. The guy in the intersection who's got a green light and now it's turning yellow and he's just turned, leaving you with only a red light when you could have so clearly made it through had he not been reaching down to pick up his iPod that dropped on the floor. You know, that guy, the one that you just wish you could just blow your horn to where it made him deaf and that he could never hear again, that guy, he's more important than me. The person in the cubicle who does the F-bomb every single sentence that he speaks throughout the eight hours that you're there at work, he's more important than me. Do you see where, where we sometimes think of these people as how frustrating they are to us? rather than thinking that these people are human beings who bear the image of God and they have their own story and they're on their own journey in life and they desperately are seeking some community with people who will accept them and love them right as they are who would be interested in listening to some of the things that interest them 
who would build relationships with them without some kind of uh, undermining agenda of fixing them or changing them. This is this is the way that Jesus approached people. This is the way people felt when Jesus uh, interacted and engaged in their lives. Now, did Jesus have an agenda? Well, yes. He came to save uh, those that were lost. He came to heal the sick. And we, that is our life's mission as well. But it's not the only reason why we go through and extend our lives and invest into relationships with other people. We invest in relationships with other people because they bear the image of God and they have a story. And we may not be the 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 knight in shining armor that comes and brings the gift of salvation to them, but it may be our job, it may be our only responsibility to be an extra in their life that kind of just makes things point in the right direction. So anyway, that's today's devotional. It's a little bit longer than usual, so I'm going to go ahead and say God bless you. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.